0: Welcome to The Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Tory. Let's get better together. Welcome everybody
1: to The Culture Classroom. This is, he's in 10 episode four. Coach Torrey and I are not at FCA, at the AFCA convention. Um, I know that it is a hotbed. Well, I got my daughter's birthday tomorrow. She turns two hands. Uh, That's a big deal. Can't miss those, won't miss those. Uh, So as long as the AFCA is during that week of her birthday, I won't be in attendance.
0: Yeah, and you know what? We are in the middle of wrestling season up here, and for anyone around the country that doesn't necessarily know or has been in a cave the last 50 years, like wrestling in Iowa is a big deal. Uh, So we went to a tournament yesterday at about 5.30 in the morning and got home at about 9.00. And just, just brutal. I've got three meets the next few weeks and uh, here we go. Just we're in it, right. Pushing to the state tournament. So um, not a lot of rest over here to take a short vacay to, uh, to Charlotte.
1: Yeah. We, uh, we actually had a group go to indoor at LSU yesterday, and then we'll have our first outdoor meet February 18th to get ready for track season. So you're in the midst of wrestling, um, getting ready for track season and um uh, We're still doing this YouTube thing, which is really cool. Uh, I think they're going to add more insight to our listeners and our viewers and uh, stuff that we talk about. As we said before, we get to show you actual footage and give you some tangible things you can take and use with your team. And today, uh, you love reading books. Full disclaimer, I read one or two books, maybe a year, Uh, but Larry Zonka is a fan favorite. You know, when you think about Larry Zonka, you got to think about Mercury Morris as well when you think about the Dolphins, but you're reading the book about Larry Zonka and uh, what we talked about this morning, you have to share with our listeners.
0: Yeah, book number three in uh, 2023 for me already. Uh, finished it yesterday on the long bus ride home last night as I'm watching the Titans uh, lose to the Jaguars and all that stuff. And it'll be week 18 in the NFL. I know there's gotta be some hoopla that's gonna happen this afternoon and maybe the 49ers can get a one seed, all that stuff. Um, but I just love reading about, yesteryear in the nfl that is like not my wheelhouse but it's my favorite genre to read is nonfiction from that era of 70s 80s before the game really became modernized and um before it was commercialized back when it was still like kind of the wild west of how different teams did things and larry zonka when i think about larry zonka i immediately think of the 72 dolphins the only team to go undefeated I think about the no name defense. I think about Bob greasy. I think about Don Shula, um, all those different things. And Larry Zonka, when he got to the dolphins, when he was drafted, the dolphins were bad, like, like four wins in their last two seasons bad had never put back to back wins together. And so Larry Zonka was kind of in that inaugural group that changed all of that culture. Right. And of course the easiest way to change things is winning. Um, He's got a new uh, memoir out called Head On. And I've taken a few notes in it, but I just really like the reading style. I just like his writing style. It's an easy – it just has a nice flow to it. So I'm not taking a ton of notes on it, but it's taking me back to my childhood when I fell in love with the NFL. And to me, that nostalgia is priceless.
1: Yeah, so I go back and I think about when you start talking about – uh, the old NFL. And and I think it's the kids today. Don't even think about that. They see the cool graphics and all that stuff. I I go back and think about NFL films and you hear the, and it's all the old clips and it's the NFL when it was supposed to be. And, uh, when you started talking to me about Larry Zonka and the book and all that stuff, I I went back and thought about all the little helmets I used to collect. That was the real, real deal. Like you put the 50 cents in, you'd spend it. What team would you get? And uh, I know having all the teams and then like when those teams played, you kind of match them up together and reading the agate page on, on Monday mornings. And for people that are watching that, the agate page had like all the results, the who's two games, three games, you know, on the front inside cover of the, the sports page. But that, that to me is lost. Like yeah. you said, the NFL that was like, that's the real, the real deal when you start talking about the NFL and what it's like and, and just the old Jets uniforms and the old Bengals uniforms, which they still have the helmet and all that stuff. But even back when I remember being in the Superdome and watching the Saints play Tampa Bay when they had the orange and the, and the red and the, the white and then Vinnie Testaverde was the quarterback and, and doing a flip in the end zone and scoring. I mean, it's just, you know, there's, there's so many teams that want to change what tradition was, but you go back and you think about, I mean, even the Dolphins try to change the what the Dolphin looked like jumping through the hoop, and you can't do that, in my opinion, you can't do that. Like, why why erase history with something that was fantastic, with something that's new and modern, all that stuff, when, in my opinion, like you said, like, it's the yesteryear, it's, you know, and then people talk about baseball and, like, America's pastime, well, then, yeah, that's America's pastime, but... I'm talking about football that's America's game yes Everybody lives for Sunday night football uh when you hear the iconic Monday night football duh, 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 duh. I mean I mean no, nothing else yes. needs to be said
0: no and when you're talking about reading the sports page and you know flipping right away to the to the sports page the next day um I grew up on a farm so the mail didn't get there the next morning it was the next afternoon right uh, by the time the mail route kind of came came our way but I remember the fastest three minutes in sports. Right. And it's just like, it's during the Monday night game. And it's just the ticker of all the teams. And I think that's the nostalgia is that you think of the bucko Bruce and I have a bucko Bruce shirt. Right. And you think about Pat, the Patriot. And uh, I think about why the Broncos, and I know they won three Super Bowls in this uniform, but why they ever went away from the D and the, the, you know, the Bronco in it, like with the snort, like, yeah. Why did you go away from that? Go back to that. That that just um, you know, those are things that it was, and I know it's branding and I know they're trying to keep current with trends, but man, to us guys of a certain age, like those bring back really warm feelings when we talk about it. And so when I when I look today, and I mean I'll sit down and I'll watch, and you know, of course, the whole multi-million dollar contracts, the whole Um, you know, marketing and advertising campaigns that people get rich on. I sit and I'll watch, you know, Fox NFL Sunday and it'll have Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson and Terry Bradshaw and they're making $30 million this year doing that show. And I know they're having fun and I know they're experts, but when I think about Larry Zonka and the 72 Dolphins, like his contract was for $25,000 that year. So, you know, you think about how much the game has exploded and how much money it's generated in the last 50 years. And I think that's part of the nostalgia piece. We always go back to our first paying job. I don't know what your first paying job was, but I had a radio show at our local radio station on Wednesday night from 6 to 10. I made $4.25 an hour.
1: Well, I, I, my first real paying job was working in the feeder truck for UPS. Nightmare. Right? Remember- nightmare graveyard shift, 2 a.m. to 9 a.m. I do that during spring break christmas break all that stuff work from two to nine and i would be the one shoveling out the packages to go to the trucks
0: and do you remember your first paycheck do you remember how much you were earning
1: uh, it was like 12 13 an hour which is crazy right <laughs> but that's working for ups but i mean it wasn't that much i mean i worked for a week during spring break so if you break that up and if it was full-time or part-time whatever i mean you're not making that much money
0: no. And so, I mean, I think that's another part of yesteryear, right? Like I never want to go back to the days of $4 and 25 cents an hour. I, I don't want to do that, but you do the Time job.
1: Out. Time out. I did work at King of Hearts. And okay. it, was, it was 475. It was 475 4- an hour.
0: So I don't ever want to go back to those days. You can't go back to those days, right? Like our okay. lifestyle, our family. Um, But that's your first job. And so there is nostalgia with that of like, man, how did I ever make it on $16 a week before taxes? Right. Um, so anyway, so I just think that this genre of reading, Larry Zonka's book for NFL fans of a certain age, it's a it's a home run. I really enjoy it. But more importantly, let's talk about some culture stuff that comes out of it. Because let's be honest, you don't go to three straight Super Bowls and you don't have the NFL's one of the NFL's all-time winningest coaches. Uh, that leads this organization. And I mean, Don Shula was the Dolphins, right? When I think about Don Shula, I instantly think of the starter jacket on the sideline with the the gray slacks or, you know, the nice pants. And, and he's got his uh, aviators on because it's Southern Florida. And um, I instantly think of him. I associate the Dolphins to this day to Shula and what he did for the culture there uh, is irreplaceable and part of history. And there's a couple of great stories in this Larry Zonka book. There are many great stories, but there are two that stand out to me as a culture person. And I want to share one. uh, I'm going to share them on our podcast here. The first one talks about his very first preseason game. So he's a rookie. He's never played an NFL game before. You know, he was a star uh, at Syracuse. He gets drafted high by the Dolphins. He goes there. He's not making very much money. We just talked about his paycheck. It's his first game. And he's got all of his buddies there because they're playing in Buffalo. So first game ever NFL career. He's excited about it. They're waiting in the tunnel before the game. And he's kind of standing there in his uniform and he's peeking out of the tunnel and he's got his helmet down by his hip held in his hand. And he's looking in the stands for his buddies and his family and all the people that are there to support him. And the team captain says to him, Hey, rookie, put your helmet on. And Sonka He goes, no, no, I'm looking. Like, I want my buddies to see me when I run out of the tunnel. It's my first time. This is my debut. Like, don't take this moment away from me. And then Zonka writes that he remembers this guy as a captain, right? That he's the one who sets the standard for the team. And so Zonka complies. He's annoyed, right? Oh, this is stupid. Why do I have to do this? Like, I just want to run out of the tunnel. Like, let me have my moment in the sun. But he complies and he puts on the helmet because the standard is the standard. And... As he runs out of the tunnel, he doesn't take more than two steps and he gets hit in the side of the head with half a beer can from somewhere in the nosebleeds. And at that moment, Zonka writes about how he was never so grateful for someone to kind of give him that advice of say, this is how we do things here. He didn't know the why behind it. He did once he got hit with the beer can. But I think it's a powerful story of who's leading your team, what standards are in place, And why are those standards there?
1: Yeah, because we all have standards or rules. If you're listening to this, you have rules. I I typically don't like rules. I like standards because rules, just like you and I think of, like you have a rule, how far can I bend it before I break it? Standards are set in place just like with Zonka. But the other part that I thought was really interesting when you said that is that guy's a captain and Zonka's a rookie. And right when you think that you've made it and you've arrived, there's somebody above you to help you navigate. Hey, you haven't been here before. I'm going to help you. And look, put the damn helmet on. I just put it on because I said, so trust me in that sense that I know what I'm helping you. I don't want you to get smashed in the head. Now he didn't have to tell him, right? He, he knew something was going to happen, but the fact that it hit Zonka right in the head Instant credibility, instant trust for that captain. And then like you said before, the standard is the standard, no matter what it is. And we, we've we used and other coaches have used best of the standard or raise the standard, which I don't know how we can ever raise a standard when it's set. But best is the standard. How about just the standard is the standard, whatever as a coach you've outlined for your team. That's the standard that's supposed to be met. And that's easy to say, but it's simple to do if you start like aligning your, your beliefs with that, it's really easy. But just because we've said it before, just because something's easy doesn't mean it's simple, but it is simple when you start looking at all I have to do is follow this. There's no thinking yeah. involved. There's no thinking involved when you start talking about that.
0: Well, but I, and I think, I think about there's one more layer too that we haven't even really talked about yet, but it's like, let's say the captain doesn't say hey rookie put on your helmet let's say he says hey man these fans are going to be brutal you uh," let's say he gives them the explanation in the moment does that lesson stay with Larry Zonko over the last 50 55 years or does that helmet or that beer can crashing into the helmet there's the lesson it's like oh yeah that was a good call like I should have listened to this leader like there's a reason he's a captain
1: (laughs) yeah I think that's it I mean I think so many times when you think about in high school the senior captains or junior captains, whatever you do with your team, lay out the lay of the land with the locker room. Like we have a locker room standard. This is what's supposed to look like, and that's it. The other side of it is, what if this captain didn't have his helmet on, and was just right. telling him to put him on? Put your helmet on. Well, then Zong could say, like, you don't have yours on. Like, so it's that do as I say and I do. Yes, that's of that other thing too. Like, do as I say, not as I do. You hear people say that, or do as I whatever. You got to walk it and talk it for it to okay. be successful. And I think that's another valuable lesson as we go into the offseason. People, you know, there's coaching changes going on from junior high all the way to NFL. And if you're starting a new system and you have a new team, it's your job to create those standards and, and trickle them down of head coach, assistant coach, assistant coach to players. And then layer of players is like captains to leadership council to players to whoever. But I think it's important that you walk it and you talk it. And Zonka in this story is a great reminder of that as we start looking at the NFL postseason push and who's going to win the Super Bowl, who's going to play in it, who's the number one seed in the NFC. I mean, there's just so many things. So I used to be a really big college football fan. I'm turning more into an NFL fan just from what it stands for when you start looking at, Culture Classroom is sponsored by Pro Quick Draw, the dynamic playbook
0: solution for modern coaches. Let technology work for you with time saving features to eliminate the busy work so you can spend more time coaching. Our subscription comes with starter templates, stencils, and plays for you to begin building your 2022 playbook
1: quickly. Give us a try for 30 days and keep all the templates you make during your trial.
2: That's Pro Quick Draw.
1: The times of today versus what it was and where it's come from, but nothing like 49ers Packers candlestick park, right? There's nothing like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, and I've said it before, and you and I've talked about this, but college regular season is so good. Must see TV. Um, The NFL playoffs are just another level. Good. So give me those two things, even though I enjoy watching uh, watching the NFL regular season. I've got Sunday tickets, so I've watched a lot this year, as my wife reminds me. <laughs> um, but those two things, right? Give me college regular season. Give me the NFL playoffs.
1: Right. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's another layer of we said it before, and baseball coach is probably going to get mad, but it's all right. That's America's pastime, and football is America's game. It's, yeah, it makes the world go round, in my opinion.
0: Second story from this book that I want to share, and again, it's called Head On. It's Larry Zonka's memoir. Uh, really good, really well done, just a um, nice nostalgia piece for those of you of a certain age and NFL fans. And the Dolphins, again, were terrible, and then they make the playoffs. That was step one of the turnaround. And then the next year, they actually make it to Super Bowl six. And they're playing the Cowboys, who had lost Super Bowl five to the Colts. And so there was a raw taste in the Cowboys' mouth. There was no way the Dolphins were going to go out and defeat the Cowboys in their first Super Bowl. But it's actually going to be one of three Super Bowls that the Dolphins are going to go to in a row. And so Don Shula's got his team. None of the guys on the team had ever been there. They'd never really you know, experienced a Super Bowl. They had no idea what to expect. It was in New Orleans, of all places. And full disclosure, my first Super Bowl that I went to was in New Orleans uh, Super Bowl 36 and it's leading up to Mardi Gras it is hey like I'll never go back to New Orleans I just probably won't like Bourbon Street I will never go back to right like it's a great place when you're 22 not so great when you're 42 Um, but I've never walked through so much urine and debris and beer and alcohol just strung all over the street great place though when you're in your early 20s
1: absolutely it's pretty rough though it's pretty rough
0: it's pretty rough and it leads up to mardi gras season super bowl times out with the mardi gras parades are starting and all that so when i think about super bowl six and the the super bowl was, was gaining traction at that point but it wasn't the, the hoopla that we see today surrounding it entirely um and shula tells his team he's like look early in the week i'm gonna give you one night out you're gonna get one night to go to bourbon street and go be a, a player in your early 20s right um if you can handle that one night I'm going to give you a second night later in the week. <laughs> and first of all, from a leadership standpoint, I think it's great. It's like, here's your leash. I'm going to give you a little bit of room. But then as you and I've talked about with like uh, Brian kite before the minute you get freedom, you take it too far. Right. right. And uh, I just got done teaching the American revolution in eighth grade social studies. And that's what we talked about. Like Boston, I'm sorry, the city of Boston, the Patriots, the sons and daughters of Liberty, they took it too far. Right. right. Um, and so now when we create America, we've got to reign in Massachusetts. Who's going to keep those guys under control, all that stuff. So the dolphins are the same way, right? So they go out and it starts with Larry Zonka and his teammates, and they're going to have a drink in every bar on bourbon street as they go. And they go to seven or eight bars and they're just kind of hanging out. And then a burlesque house gets their attention, right? Like a half nude woman swinging out the window, like, Hey, come on in here. Like, and again for those of you in Bourbon Street like that is as true today in 2023 as it was uh in Super Bowl 6.
1: That's a fact.
0: So we're sitting there and he's in the bar and uh he's getting cozy with these strippers, right? And they're just just having a good time. Just dudes being dudes leading up to the biggest game of their life. And one of them sits on his buddy's lap and she's got a penis. And so He like instantly throws her on the floor like starts screaming at everybody. Oh my God, where are we at? What kind of place are we in? Needless to say they didn't get a second night out. Yeah. (laughs) But I think it's a phenomenal story from Don Shula of here. You've got these guys that are making as much money as you, you know, they are, they are thrill seekers, right? You don't make it to the NFL. If you don't have that wild side, Um, my wife's uncle who passed away a little while ago, like he's one of my best friends. And he used to say, if you could get hurt, it's fun. If you do something though, and you could die, it's really fun. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was life in the seventies for Zonka and, and Mercury Morris and the no name defense and all these other guys. And uh, I just thought it was a really interesting leadership tactic from Don Shula. I'm going to appease you a little bit. We'll see how you handle it and see if you can earn the next night. Obviously, they didn't, um, and they didn't go on to win, but that set up precedent for future Super Bowls because the Dolphins would win the next two and, uh, of course, be the 72 Dolphins, the only undefeated team in NFL history, still iconic, and blah, 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 and the rest is history, as we say.
1: So with that, I go to so many coaches that have to – I'm thinking player-led teams versus coach-led teams is where I went to with that. And how many times do coaches give their their teams a little bit of freedom? I'm gonna let you take on this responsibility. I'm gonna give you this this little token. So it's like you know the old commercial with the guys having the uh, the fishing rod and he has the string. It's yes. like oh you almost got it. You almost got it. Well, gotcha. They're trying to grab yes, it. Yeah. Yes. So and that's what I think about. With coaches, like, I'm going to give you a little bit and see what you can do with that. Because a lot of times, coaches want player-led teams. And you hear that all the time in culture talk, right? Player-led teams win championships, all that stuff. I think sometimes, though, a coach needs to metaphorically let that dollar be dangled out. Like, can you handle that? Well, if you can, I'm going to give you another one. If you can, I'm going to give you another one. And more oftentimes than not, you see that with what happened with Zonka and his friends going out and the Dolphins. The time that you get just a little bit of freedom, you get a little bit of responsibility, can you be trusted with it? And if you can, you'll get some more. If not, I'm going to take it away from you.
0: Well, and look, I think this, these two stories, as you're talking, just really hit me with like a lightning bolt. They coincide because for the captain standing in Buffalo's tunnel for Zonka's debut – there's obviously a standard there based on past history. For Don Shula going to Super Bowl 6 in New Orleans, there's no standard because they've never done it before. Right. So he's figuring things out as we go. Notice there were no stories from the book leading up to Super Bowl 7 VII or 8 because Don Shula had learned his lesson a little bit. So he he evolved. But I think it's a really powerful example that you bring up. Uh and on Friday I just showed my 8th graders American Underdog Uh, which is the Kurt Warner story, right? So good. And for those of you that have seen it, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, there's a spot at the end where, I mean, obviously Kurt Warner, an Iowa kid, that's why I showed my eighth graders. We had a special day at school where we're showing classic movies. I feel like that's one that all of our kids need to know, whether you like football or not. I mean, Kurt Warner's football journey is incredible. Um, And it's well-documented, so you don't need me to rehash it here. But there's a spot where when Trent Green gets hurt, And he goes in and during the 1999 season, you know, Mike Martz doesn't really trust him yet. Mm -hmm. Like, in fact, Kurt says in the movie that he thinks that he hates him. And I mean, that's part of a coach player relationship, too. You're going to experience that where when you're untested, underdeveloped, you're going to feel like people hate you. You're going to feel the pressure that's on you constantly. And uh, early in that game, then as Kurt settles in, he starts doing things. Mike Martz radios down and he says, I needed to know you were ready. You know, I was so hard on you. Why oh, I put all that pressure on you? I had to know that you were ready. Had to be sure. And guess what? You are. I never would have put you on that field if I didn't fully believe you were a champion. Then you get back out there and you get this job done. Let's go. Let's get after it. Yes, sir. And hey, coach.
1: Thank you. And the Rams are in
2: business. A 34 yard return. Hey, look at me. You can do this. I know you can. Yeah, yeah. I got your back no matter what happens. Let's go to work, man. Let's go to work. All
1: right, all right. That last one was on me. But we got this. Let's get to work. Right doubles, rip, 50 tail. On one. Ready.
0: And I felt like that's what Don Shula was doing with Larry Zonka and the boys. Are you ready to compete in a Super Bowl? Can you handle the distraction of New Orleans, which we can't control? We can't control the Super Bowl six is played there. And for the record, New Orleans has hosted more Super Bowls than any other city, right? Party Town USA. Um, but I think that's really a great comparison of can we trust you? And when there's no standard in place. That's the analogy of you dangling the dollar, the Geico commercial, right? Of Oh, you're a quick one. And he quick reels it in, but you know, can we trust you? That's really what the coach is asking and he's going to find out through example.
1: Yeah. So as a coach, as you're listening to this and you've listened to this and you've taken on a new job or a new responsibility within your team, uh, have you set standards for your position group, your team? Uh, So, so when those situations arise, Maybe you're playing in the the first round of the playoffs and your team's never been there. Have a standard set in place of we're going to do this during the week. I know a lot of coaches say we're not going to deviate. We're going to keep it just like a game week. Sometimes parents get involved and they're like, we want to cook you a steak dinner on Tuesday or Thursday or whatever. Do you allow that to happen? My challenge to you is to have a system in place. Maybe it's a state championship week. Maybe you're about to play for the national title and you're Sonny Dykes and your team's never been there before on that big stage. How have you handled that? Have you gone over that with your team? And I think that learning from this story, coaches can take this and be like, I, I never really thought about that. So now you can dive into every situation that could arise with your team. How do I handle that? What is this? Yeah. Look like? What is the standard? Not just for an X and O deal. What's the standard on our bus trip? Do I have seating charts so there's no thinking involved? You know, Nick Saban does that. He he doesn't want to think about anything else but the game. Do we have a system of who gets the stuff off of us? There's so many things and so many layers that go into a football program or a baseball program or a basketball program, whatever you want it to be. But if you lead the ship, you got to have a standard in place to make sure that everything is ran smoothly because something's going to go wrong.
0: There's a YouTube video out there from a few years ago talking about how the team stands during the national anthem, right? Because there's a national anthem before every single uh, sporting competition. And the coach, and I can't remember who it is. I want to say it was Coach K at Duke, but I, I can't guarantee that. They're talking about how you you aren't going to sway. You aren't going to have your nervous energy. Uh, you are going to stand there still with your with your right hand over your heart. You are going to look at the flag. You are not going to move. And uh, that's going to be the standard from now on. And when they look down the bench, there's 12 to 15 of their players standing there uh, exactly meeting the standard the way the coach had outlined.
2: Chairs. Your talent didn't earn those chairs. How tall you are, how fast you run, how well you shoot didn't earn those chairs. Me draw up a play, me recruit real hard, me work real hard. I didn't earn the chair. These guys, when they were your age, interrupted their life. They paused their education. They changed their career. And they gave their life for those cheers. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Not us. Not us. And so when the anthem is played, we're going to stand like grown men. And we're going to honor men like this that gave their life so we could have a chair to sit in. And in the two and a half minutes that the song was played and somebody sings it or the music is played, we're gonna stand at attention in honor of these men. And we're not gonna sway back and forth, we're not messing with our short, we're not messing with our jersey. Those two and a half minutes we're going to give to the people that earned these chairs. Because that freedom allows us to do what we're doing. I don't care if you sing, seen but I want you to know the words. And I want you to be respectful of the words. Because those words represent people's lives. And when we stand, we're going to put our right hand over our heart and our left hand behind our back. And we're not moving. And we're not looking down and we're not swaying. We're standing still with perfect body
0: language. And so, small things like that, there are hidden opportunities I guarantee that you haven't thought about with your program before that this story can apply to.
1: Absolutely. There's a coach at Startville Academy who lines his team up and i'm pretty sure he got this from randy because i i want to do it so bad but they line up in numerical order and it's just maybe it's an attention to detail type thing but that's what he does he stands there so i'm gonna echo what you said if there's a system that you need to address have a standard for it and move forward and um, don't fly by the seat of your pants because that's probably gonna get you in trouble especially if you're in new orleans All right, that's going to do it for another edition in Season 10. Uh, This is about Larry Zonka, his memoir. Uh, If you want to, go get it and uh, pick it up and read it. Coach Torrey showed you two awesome stories that are in it. I'm pretty sure there's a lot more packed in there. Uh, We'll have the link to where you can buy that in the show notes. We're not endorsing. We're just giving you the information where you can go buy it. But we have a special guest coming on next. He's Nick Winkler. He's been on the show before. And he is live from the AFCA convention in Charlotte, North Carolina right now. And we're gonna have his presentation live and have it for you. So if you couldn't make it to the AFCA and listen to Coach Winkler at his session, we're gonna have it live for you here. Uh, so stay tuned for that, as that's gonna drop a special episode from AFCA in Charlotte, North Carolina, listening to Nick Winkler.